BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. No. Oh yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. Thursday evening means it's time for another episode of Top Rope Nation. I am Ryan Drosty here as always with Mr. Justin Joint coming off WrestleMania weekend. A big episode of AEW Dynamite. All kinds of news to get into tonight. Justin, the last time we spoke was Sunday morning, the night after the first night of WrestleMania. I see you taking out the cork right now on your wine. How are you doing, sir? Doing pretty good. It's, uh, you know, for for better and worse, at the very least, it's been a, a an entertaining week uh, in professional wrestling. Yes, it has. No shortage of things to talk about, that's for sure. That's exactly what I said Monday morning with Jesse Velasquez on here from uh, the Unplugged Wrestling Podcast. And we were talking about night two. And then right before we went on the air, the news broke about the Endeavor sale with WWE. There's been a lot of fallout with that on Monday Night Raw. We're going to talk about that. As I said, AEW Dynamite as well. But uh, I'm glad to have you back in the co-host chair, sir. Are you ready for this one? Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> you're, Sorry, was... you're about ready to like have an ad or something with the wine. Good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. A little. I'm normally a cab guy, but I'm trying a, a, a Pinot Noir because yeah. I recently rewatched uh, Sideways. Oh which, my god, yes, it holds up really well. I actually liked it better this time than the first time I watched it. Oh wow, I have not seen that movie in probably. 15, 16 years at least. You can come out right. 2005. I'm, I'm, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I, if hopefully it's still there, but I watched it on HBO Max, which maybe oh, okay. we will be touching on that streaming service later. We, we probably will be. Yeah. We'll be talking about that here in a little bit because Warner's got some things in store and that could impact AEW. That is for sure. But, Ooh, that smells yeah. good. I love I love it. We're pouring the wine. I got a yeah. beer on tap here. We got the chat room. People are starting to trickle in here to talk a little pro wrestling with us. If you are here, let us know your thoughts as we go. Greg is in the chat. He heard the pouring. <laughs> Brian Zillum from the Pro Wrestling Torch. He is in the chat. Happy got, to have you here. You got to let it breathe, Greg. Got to let it breathe. <laughs> See what kind of legs this thing has. 
you know, usually I'm kind of a beer snob, but I just got mine in the can tonight. <laughs> real weak, real weak stuff here. It's been a long week, long, long week here. But uh, yeah, we're happy to be here with you. It's episode 293 of Top Rope Nation, as always, presented by Blue Wire Podcasting Network, streaming here on the SE Scoops YouTube channel as well. Check out all of them. Top Rope Nation on Patreon for all of your bonus content. Justin, I don't know if I told you this. I just put up the poll or not the poll, the suggestion post for our $10 plus patrons. What are they going to nominate for April's Top Rope Nation Classics over on Patreon? We've got a few good nominations so far. In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies, Backlash 2000, Wrestle Rock 86. We'll see. Wrestle Rock 86. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever even seen that show. I'll tell you, Jesse, when I had him on the pod the other day, he insisted his price for coming on the WrestleMania post show was he got to nominate Wrestle Rock 86 because he was there in the Metrodome. Sounds like somebody wants to be on that show and if it, it wins. It kind of does. Yeah, we might have to have him on. He was a young man at the time, like what, mm-hmm. five or six years old probably. But yeah, I know he was there. So looking forward to that. You can check out patreon.com slash top rope nation if you want the bonus content and of course subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts subscribe to the top rope nation youtube channel and the se scoops youtube channel while you're at it all right justin vince mcmahon is back for better or for worse probably mostly worse Mm. um he was sitting in gorilla position reportedly throughout the weekend he was there on monday night raw you know overseeing everything changing things last minute adding an Omas Elias match last second. God knows who wanted to see that match. Um, from what we're hearing, the WWE locker room, not happy, Justin, not friggin' good up in arms about the return of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Everybody's been talking about, will he be there in Portland tomorrow night at SmackDown? You know, if he is, if he travels once again across the country, he's definitely back. You know, he was in Los Angeles for mania mm-hmm. weekend to, facilitate the sale and everything then he went back to connecticut if he goes back to portland it's just like it used to be dave Meltzer says it doesn't matter if he's in portland he might be you know virtually phoning in to the creative meetings at smackdown he is definitely back uh you weren't on the wrestlemania post show for night two your thoughts on the sale and everything that has gone down since well, I mean, first off, with his new look, if he's calling into Portland, it's from some volcano while he's lightly stroking a white cat and cackling to himself. He he looks like a true blue <laughs> supervillain now. He does. My God. <laughs> you know what? I was going to make a cutout of the that picture of him going around with the eyebrows and the mustache and the hair, and I was going to have it just pop up on the stream once in a while, and I forgot to do it. I'm kicking <laughs> myself because it would have made this video stream so much better, but he just it just looks phony. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah it looks I, real bad. He looks, I don't know how anyone hasn't told him, Vince, man, you, you, were, you were aging fine. You're an old man, but I mean, this is just, I don't know what you call, not a midlife crisis, but a, what, last yeah. quarter of life crisis? Yeah, a last grasp crisis. <laughs> so there's been a lot of talk in recent months that with Hunter taking over creative, TV's been better. We've talked about that on the show. Yeah, maybe slightly better. Definitely better than when Vince was around, yeah. though. Uh, but the big thing is say, morale has been I would a say lot better. That, I would say it's been more consistent. It hasn't felt chaotic. 
which yeah. I think was the feeling for anybody who watched Monday. Yeah. So with Cody losing, we're going to get into what happened with Cody on Raw. Uh, Jesse and I were pretty negative on Cody losing at WrestleMania uh, in the aftermath. I mean, it was less than 12 hours after it mm-hmm. happened. Had had some time to think about it, and I'm still negative about it, Justin, <laughs> to tell you the truth. I don't think it's like the end of the world, but yeah, based upon what happened at Raw, boy, I, I, I'm really starting to think that... Uh, I think the negative side is the right side on this because I think he's losing momentum after two nights of that. Um, we'll get into it here, but I mean, your thoughts. I was very, very let down the night of mm-hmm. having a few days removed from it. I, I wouldn't say I'm feeling a better about it, but I'm not like full on. This is a catastrophe. They're, they're, if they have an idea or if they know where they want to go with this, if, you know, like they say, if they actually have a freaking story, you know, for this, mm-hmm. then I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that, you know, it's still salvageable. Um, but if they don't, if they screw this up somehow and they somehow screwed up both a, a Sami Zayn Montreal win and then the Cody at WrestleMania, I mean, this is a, all time knucklehead situation. I just seeing all the discourse on Twitter is what has kind of made me step back from this. It's like, all right, we need to, you know, everybody who is like, you know, let this play out. Let's see the story. You know, you, you just can't let them win on the first try. It's like, well, Hogan did it. Austin did it. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. Th- th- this is how you make y- your next big baby face superstar. Flip yeah. side of that is, you know, it, they seem to really be beating it down that this is about the story, even Cody, you know, let's finish the story. And he's constantly talking about his dad. And I, th- I think you and Jesse talked about this, about like how dusty got his championship runs and, you know, they weren't all that long, but the chase was meaningful. And so I'm, I'm going to give them a chance to tell that story if that's what they want to do. The deal with me is they might have a story in place and they, you would think they would get there eventually. It's hard to imagine Cody not becoming world champion at some point, the way that this has been built. At the same time, they're never going to get that kind of moment again. Like, Can you imagine them building to another match and it being bigger than the WrestleMania match? And I feel like you should strike at that big moment. And the big thing for me that further entrenched my opinion on this is how Raw played out. So Brian mentioned here in the chat... He said, with the new Fightful report that came out today confirming Brock Lesnar was planned a month advance to feud with Cody, do you believe the decision for Cody losing was booked by Vince? I kind of do. I mean, I had heard that within like the last couple weeks, word got around that Roma was going to retain. Uh, A month ago when Brock was told about this story with Cody, at that point it may have been the plan for Cody to win the title. And when you watch what happened on Raw, if you guys didn't see it, basically what happened is Cody came out at the beginning, confronted Roman, um, talked about Roman was the better man, but but you know he won because of Solo Sokoa, and uh, he challenged Roman to a rematch. Roman said no, so then they worked out a tag match, but you know uh, Cody could not have a partner that could 
challenge for the world title. It was essentially the deal. And it ended up being Brock Lesnar. And so Brock Lesnar comes out, you know, he, he hugs with Cody. It, it kind of gave off this weird vibe. Like Cody mm-hmm. was just like, oh, shucks, I'm glad to be here. Like Brock was kind of slapping him around. Like, that's not really how you want your next top baby face to be treated. Looking <laughs> like know? little He's brother. Like, oh, yeah. Hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm yeah. here for you. All that and was then, missing was the noogie. Yeah, it's just not image is not good. And then in the main event, you got Brock and Cody. And during the introductions, Brock jumps Cody and he just destroys him. F5s all over ringside in the ring, leaves, comes back, you know, beats the hell out of him. How much better would the story have been if Cody was the world champion? Mm hmm. If Cody was the world champion and this happens, okay, now you're setting, and that could have been the plan initially to Brian's point is you're setting up the next big feud. And, you know, I don't think that people foresaw that being Cody's first feud. And that would have been exciting here. Okay. So he's made to look like a chump two nights in a row, you know, okay. You're going to build him back up, but it just feels like he's lost a ton of momentum He'll get it back a little bit, but will he ever have what he had going into WrestleMania? I mean, there was a video making the rounds on Twitter showing him leaving Raw, like walking up the stage, and there wasn't much crowd response for him at all. I mean, what was with that? What was with that final stumble he had? Yeah, looks like know. he got shot in the leg or something. All it was that was yeah. weird. It wasn't really like the crowd was almost like silent for it at the end. And yeah, they kept showing the women in the crowd. They're like, Oh, so concerned about Cody and stuff. But like, I just didn't feel like this was the right kind of heat for the raw after WrestleMania. And how pissed would you be if mm. you were in that crowd for three hours and you think you're getting that match at the end and you don't even get it for TV, I, you know, like that's just disappointing. That, too. It was a horrendous television show. That was the biggest complaint I was seeing is that people were actually legit looking forward to that match. And then that's what they get. they, just don't get that at all yeah so i would have been pissed to be in the crowd that night and it was just yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a good edition of raw and what uh yeah what do you think brock's kayfabe what is brock's reasoning for this gonna be i mean i don't know like he's he's turning heel obviously and people yeah. are pointing out that he kind of worked heel against omas at wrestlemania too a little bit and kind of hinting at what was coming i i don't know i don't know how he'll explain this I don't know what that backstory is going to be, but you got, I mean, obviously you got to put over Cody in the end. <laughs> yeah. Actually, after well, you, he was treated here so. for God's <laughs> sakes. Uh, but gee, I mean, yeah, you go into WrestleMania with that much hype and you leave the raw after WrestleMania, just getting destroyed. Didn't walk out with the title. I feel like you can justify the beatdown if he had been the champion. Now you mm. got to build up the momentum just for him to be the top challenger again, then to get the title match. I mean, it's going to be months down the line before we get to that. Yeah. So. Maybe to, to Greg's point in the chat, <laughs> maybe this is, this is where it's all going is that Cody Rhodes is incapable of beating <laughs> Roman reigns yeah. or Brock Lesnar to, to reach the mountaintop, but there is somebody else that can, and that guy is stardust. <laughs> Please. No, Please. No, so yeah i mean it's it's easy to understand why morale has been going downhill backstage you have rewrites you have probably what some people are seeing as mistakes made with the feud at the top of the card perhaps um nobody really knows maybe direction wise where they're going now after wrestlemania and you got vince mcmahon 
tearing up the scripts Man. and it's right back to where we were a year ago and this has a lot of ramifications for AEW as well you know WWE was seeming to be the destination maybe again for people they can offer the best money people are more comfortable you know working for Hunter with Hunter having creative well now I mean Hunter is going to be the underling to Vince McMahon he's not really he's not going to have final say that's a fact so if you're looking at which company to join and we saw FTR resign with AEW thank mm -hmm. God right Justin oh yes I can't imagine them wanting to go back with Vince there again. Well, looking not, at how they were booked last time. And it's not only Vince, it's Endeavor who yeah. has a his, who has a history of, you know, uh, being very tight with their budget. Yes. So the real big money contracts could be a thing of the past. We were expecting roster cuts to hit again here very soon. If not tomorrow, there were some rumors about tomorrow. It could be mm. coming. Maybe as you're listening to this podcast, even unfortunately, maybe, maybe that's going to be Triple H's uh, uh, speech or announcement on SmackDown. He's just going to read everybody who's released. <laughs> it takes it's like Jericho, thousand and four <laughs> holds. This is big scroll. God, he's, it's going to go to commercial. Oh. Then they're going to come back, and he's still reading names. <laughs> Shit's about to get real dark, Justin. <laughs> it's going to get real dark around here. No, but it, it does feel, don't you think, like AEW now has this chance to seize the momentum. You know, all the momentum has been behind WWE for months now, and it feels like they, in just a few days, they've lost it. AEW's been having really solid television. We'll get to the UK story later on here in this broadcast. But yeah, if you're, if you're judging the landscape of professional wrestling right now and your contract's coming up soon, AEW again is looking pretty damn appealing, I would think, for a lot of the talent right now. So AEW's got to get their house in order, got to yep. get that CM Punk things, you know, handled. Well, got to capitalize be... on your big money programs that you can do. I think. I think we're going to be talking about CM Punk here in a little bit. Yeah. So what a turnaround, Justin. Sunday morning, we were on this podcast raving about WWE. How many times did we say we were sports entertained? It was the Best WrestleMania night in years. Mm -hmm. And then they go on to have a subpar night two and a Monday night raw that was one of the worst raws after Mania since it really, you know, became this thing I, that people look forward to. It didn't like, I don't think there was even anything worthy of calling it the raw or, you know, the raw after Mania, right? I mean, there was no big de debuts. No, no. I mean, we'll talk about Jay White. And yeah. uh, I mean, they thought they were in the mix for him, but it turned out to not be the case. I don't know. And so, your big your big surprise is your top baby face getting the shit kicked out of him by, <laughs> you know, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, you know, and speaking yeah. of that, it's like with this feud, is it is it for title contention? Because God forbid we have to see Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns again. Oh, I know. I know. I hope not. No, which maybe that, maybe that's their whole plan to no, you know to build happen, Cody no. back up is like, well, this is really going to get the crowd behind him because nobody's going to want to see that match again. Yeah, Jesse noted in the chat that yeah, Drew's contract is up later in the year, and there's some mm -hmm. rumors that he's already getting lowballed on his contract, or he wants to kind of wait it out and see what he can get. So, a lot of things going on here. An awful lot of things going on. Greg, are the Good Brothers the new Genetti's? <laughs> setting records for how many times they've been released 
Oh boy. Vince fears, Tony Khan, Tim Jensen checking in here in the chat. Did you see that sign that Dax held up after dynamite? That was pretty funny. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. That was great. Almost Uh, as good as the one somebody held up, uh, laughing my ass off Cody. (laughs) (laughs) They kept showing that it's just every time they would go to the wide shot on dynamite, you'd see that LMAO Cody. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, Brian pointed out to my previous comment about Roman Reigns and Brock that Brock cannot compete for the title while Roman is champion, which kind of makes. Oh, we lost your audio, Justin. Your connection is going red. Your connection's going. Red. Yeah, Brian is right. That is the case, which is why Brock was the uh, the tag partner. But, you know, it's WWE. They could always work in some stipulation to get him that shot again. I, yeah, I, I would hope not. Oh, Justin, your internet connection is one bar. It's getting very blurry. I do not know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I can't, I can't hear you. Can you guys hear him in the chat? Can you still hear me? Yeah, we will be talking about AEW and Wembley Stadium here in just a little bit. Yeah, Justin's going to rejoin the stream here in just a second. My my video all good, chat? Okay. All right. So while Justin logs back in here, if you have any questions in the chat, hit me with them. But we're going to, I think we'll probably transition to AEW Dynamite here as we move forward, which I thought, I don't know what you guys in the chat thought, I thought Dynamite was an awesome show. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, following what was such a disappointing Monday night, Ron, I got to tell you guys, I was even after the second night of WrestleMania, I was still pretty high on WWE going into Monday night, even with the Cody booking and everything. I was thinking to myself, all right, let's pull me back in. Let's get this story told as Greg was talking about in the chat earlier. But I was so disappointed after Monday night, Raw. I really needed that addition of dynamite on Wednesday. Justin, are you back? I still can't hear you. <laughs> I don't know. Check your audio settings. <laughs> Alan, you saw the Super Mario movie. I got to check that out soon. That's definitely on my agenda as well. I don't know, Justin, your, uh, your internet connection is fluctuating. Jesse in the chat. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's getting like really, really pixelated. And one bar. I don't know. Are your kids and wife maybe streaming upstairs? Maybe just try restarting your whole browser. If you didn't do that, like close the browser entirely. (laughs) Have more wine that'll fix it, says Greg. Yes. You know, Kyle leaves the podcast. Kyle always had the technical problems. And somehow, some voodoo magic from Kyle Ross, he has passed all of the technical problems onto Mr. Justin Joint. What is going on here? Uh, check in the chat. You know, nights like this, when we have such an active chat, it's like I'm going to have to start employing one of those producers on the back end to be throwing these chat messages up on the video stream. I cannot keep up with them, which is a good problem. This is what I this is what I'm always looking for is the active chat room. Yeah, it looks like everybody really high on dynamite. Great post WrestleMania dynamite, says Tim. Yes, yes, it was. 
<laughs> Vince hijacked the damn podcast. He may have. That might be true. Let's see, Justin. Are you back? I've got. I heard you for a second, and then you're. I got like the weird computer sound. Try again. Oh no, I still don't hear you. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. Someone want to come on the show? <laughs> I'll just send you out the invite link. <laughs> oh man. Well, we'll do this on the fly. You guys know that uh, that famous Bill O'Reilly clip? F it, we'll do it live. I think that's what we're about to do here. <laughs> oh, Alan. Yeah, he does want to come on the video stream. He wants to be the producer. Okay. I see what you're saying, Alan. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. We got some new people in the chat. You guys, this doesn't usually happen. We don't usually have this many technical difficulties here. All right, I'm just going to start going through Dynamite. Hopefully, Justin can come in here. So at the very beginning, they're doing this match. Ricky Starks, Juice Robinson. Let me know in the chat what you think. And then the Jay White theme song comes on. Jay White makes his way out to the ring. Jay and Juice beat down Ricky Starks. This this is a good feud. I'm looking forward to this one to start building. Uh, but yeah, Jay White, WWE thought they had him apparently over the last several weeks, but they got pretty lackadaisical with contacting him and finishing the deal. And AEW came in and they made that signing. And again, if you're Jay White and you're looking at the lay of the land, just like we talked about a little bit ago here, I can't imagine a situation where you would want to go to WWE over AEW at this moment in time. Justin's back. Justin. Video looks good, but I don't hear you talking. And then it immediately goes to bad connection. What is going on here with the podcast, you guys? Is your computer like installing updates? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. It's dropping down to like one bar on my uh, producer side. I can see like internet connection, full bars. Okay, so this might be a restream problem. I don't know. Well, mine's good though. It's weird. Hmm. Do you have another type of browser on your computer? Are you using Chrome? Uh, maybe you could try a different web browser. <laughs> Rewrite and do it live. I'll write it. We'll do it live. Oh, man. Rip up the script. Start again. Alan, thanks for checking in. <laughs> Vince, this is a good one, Greg. Vince thought Jay White was Brian Kendrick and said, never mind. They do look alike. It's a good call. Well, no, Tim, it's not Mediacom because Justin lives on the other side of town now. He is, he is getting the good internet, so... It probably isn't his connection. It's got to be something on Restream. So I've actually had this problem before. Not for this long, but I've had this problem a little bit on the pod at one point in time. <laughs> Jesse Velasquez, if you want to jump on, man, I will send you the invite link right now on DM. Hold on a second. Boy, this, this podcast is going to take some editing on the back end when I do the audio, you guys. Bear with me here. I'm probably not going to edit the video stream because that's a lot of work. So... Those of you 
who are watching the video stream, I apologize for the unprofessionalism right now. We'll get this thing under control. I just sent Jesse an invite if he wants to jump on. <laughs> totally up to you. All right, so we got the Jay White debut. Um, we've got I'm probably not going to go in order here. I just jotted down a lot of scattered notes. We'll talk about FTR probably when Justin gets back because I uh, I know he's going to want to talk about that big Dax Harwood guy just to join us. Uh, the Dan the let's talk about the Danielson promo. So you got Blackpool Combat Club coming out there. Wheeler Yuta. We had um, Claudio and Moxley destroy, absolutely destroy three jobbers. They didn't even have their names read, to my knowledge, on the show. And afterwards, Brian gets in the ring, cuts this heel promo, outstanding promo that seemed to basically, it to me, when I watched this, I don't know what you guys thought in the chat, it very much played into Punk's press conference because Danielson kept calling everybody amateurs 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 and punk used that line you know during the press scrum at all out so I kept thinking like he's kind of playing into what what punk said in that famous all out press scrum uh and then he's talking about how from the best of his knowledge they're the only pro wrestlers in this company and from what he's seen this week this is Brian talking the only real pro wrestlers in America taking a little shot here at WWE. Okay. And then after that, he challenges anyone to come out and out comes hangman page. So not hangman's brightest moment to come out here with four dudes from the Blackpool combat club, but showing he might be brave, more brave than he is smart out comes hangman. And of course he gets his, ass promptly beat and brian gets on top of him and he screams at him that he's an amateur and he takes this uh screwdriver and he starts jamming into hangman's forehead i thought that this segment was absolutely tremendous people are talking about it in the chat yeah very heelish back to the evil vegan character maybe i like the same tone in his promos for sure although i i got to say i love the violent brian more than i like the planet savior brian character for sure um wheeler the little shithead yuda yeah as brian talked about him he doesn't even really like the guy but he's good um yeah page didn't look the greatest but it did it did draw a lot of heat that's for sure so yeah, apparently Hangman Page, not a popular guy in that locker room, much like Cody Rhodes. I was going to make this point earlier as well. Cody Rhodes, apparently not very beloved in the WWE locker room. I mean, I know Brock Lesnar is a big, strong guy, but do any of these baby faces backstage at Monday Night Raw have any courage at all? Because, you know, Brock is laying into Cody for minute after minute after minute, F5, F5, F5. And nobody comes out for the save. Not one person. Same thing for Hangman Page here. One on four. He gets no help whatsoever. What are we saying in the chat here? Taylor says, I love J Money Velasquez. Bring it on. <laughs> if he wants to. If he can get the clearance from his wife and his kid. Maybe we'll bring Jesse on here in a second. I'm glad I got an active chat room, you guys. Because I'm not sure I could carry the show without you guys kind of guiding me along here. So that was an excellent segment. Blackpool Combat Club. 
Um, boy, you know, I'm going to talk about MJF, but I want to get Justin's take on that segment. I want to talk about FTR. I want to talk about the guns. Uh, what did you guys think of that MJF segment, the homecoming there in Long Island? Hit me in the chat. What did you make? Did you like seeing MJF singing again? What did you think of it? Hold on a second here. I got some messages coming in. So they had this full band up at the top of the ramp, ready to sing MJF to the ring. Of course, they also showed him getting the key to the city with, uh, was it the mayor or the commissioner of uh, Oyster Bay earlier in the day? And out, out he comes and he sings Pennies from Heaven. It's pretty funny. It went on a little long, I thought, but pretty good stuff. Justin, are you back? Nah, who fucking knows? So far, I can hear you. No, no. He says two words and the audio dies. What is going on here? Oh, and now his stream is dead. Oh, we got we got a hot tag. Now we can see Justin chugging from a bottle. Uh, oh, we got a hot tag. Come, Justin, can I hear you? I still can't hear you, but who's this? Jesse, can I hear you? Loud and clear? Oh my goodness. We can hear Jesse Velasquez. <laughs> yes. So Justin. Justin, you know, Jesse actually had some problem with his mic before we went live Monday morning. It wasn't quite like this where the connection was dropping, though. We got it worked out. <laughs> this is this is quite the show. Quite the show. Justin, I'll bring you back on if I see the red bar go up. Still looking a little blurry there. Jesse, uh, wow, thanks for jumping on. This has been quite the episode tonight. As Justin's just, yeah. Curse of the Kyle Ross Tech Ghost. I did bring that up, Justin. Yes. Cleveland, Cedar Falls, Iowa, default <laughs> interconnect connections. I have no idea. Hopefully, Minnesota here is a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so, what did you think of the MJF segment, Jesse? Well, we knew he could sing if you have watched his Rosie O'Donnell exploits when he was six. Yeah. I thought he did a marvelous job in that aspect. It got a little drawn out. I'm getting a little bit concerned of, of MJF promo fatigue. Maybe the 15, 20-minute yeah. segments are getting a little long. Even Britt Baker in kayfabe mentioned it on Twitter. Oh, really? I did not yes. see that. Yeah, it was... It went on a little long. It was funny how the, what was he, the commission? It wasn't mayor. What did they call him for Oyster Bay? I don't know. I looked him up. Uh, not not so popular, which is odd since he was elected to office. But that whole arena seemed to hate the guy every time he talked. It was pretty funny. Uh, MJF trying to turn him and say, hey, hey, this guy gave me the key to the city. But uh, yeah. Any other thoughts? We should channel Frank Pettiani for his thoughts about that Long Island mayor. <laughs> yes. Just throw him on the show at this point right now. Yeah, why not? Frank, here's the DM. Jump on while we're at it. This show is just totally going off the format sheet at this point. Where's Kyle to say? That's not my that's not on my format sheet, Tony. Oh my god. I, everything I had in my head for the show is just like boom. It's, what it's an amazing chat room though. Holy cow. I'm loving this. Yeah, people are at least keeping me entertained as I'm trying to keep this thing on the tracks here. Um, so 
so we, we, we had the continued build in this segment with MJF for the, the feud with the four pillars, right? Uh, Sammy was on the show. Uh, Darby was shown on the show up in the rafters. MJF eventually gets jumped from behind by Jungle Boy. Uh, what, do, what do you think of MJF doing this feud with those guys and alluding to them? I mean, that's, that's kind of his main story right now. I am a little nervous that it's almost Hangman Page-esque from his run where it was overshadowed by Punk MJF this time. MJF's getting overshadowed by the Blackpool Combat Club mm-hmm. and the Elite. So, I mean, granted, it's great to have a main event heavy roster, I would say. There's about a little over a half dozen guys you can call upon. Mm-hmm. However, you, you want to feature your champion as much as you can. So they're giving him the promo segments. But at the same time, I think it's also showing that Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen just quite aren't ready to step into the main event role, in my personal opinion. I agree. And I was curious if I was going to be the only one that felt that way. Because as I was watching it, it's kind of like you want more out of a world champion. They, they don't feel ready. It doesn't feel like any of these guys can feud for the world title right now. I mean, if you want to build to a quick TV match, I guess it's fine. But if you're going to be talking about the pillars of the company, it's got to be a more important match than that. And they just don't feel like I don't feel that MJF Jungle Boy could be a double or nothing main event. I just don't. Or even Darby Allen or definitely not Sammy Guevara either. And it just yeah, it feels like he needs somewhere, someone with some more star power in there with him. It's just no one's going to look at this as the primary story on Dynamite or the next pay-per-view, I don't think. Yeah, Darby has been a slight afterthought. He just recently wrestled in the six-man match with Sting and Orange Cassidy. You have that. Sammy, as he alluded to in his promo, is just kind of he's like still on the uprise. He's wrestling secondary matches, too. I think Jungle Boy, if you give him a couple more opponents to build his resume, I think you could maybe have him towards a, a full gear main event or like you alluded to a one off would be would be lovely on a, on a random dynamite. Whereas Sammy pointed out that, hey, I wrestle a lot and MJF wrestles every other month. Or, hey, what about Battle of the Belts, where the world champion never wrestles? You talked about this uh, on your podcast this week. I was listening to it, and, you know, how that show is just, they should just end it. It's such an afterthought. You know, you do all these title matches here on Dynamite, and it's like, what's the point of that show? (laughs) You know? We thought going in it was going to be the new Clash of the Champions, and it has not been. It has not been at all. You had a Ring of Honor championship match on this Battle of the Belts uh, on Friday night at 10 p.m. Central. Yes. How many people will be watching? I'll probably forget about it. I'm going to be honest with you. I always forget these shows are on, and then I get pissed because I have AEW scheduled on my YouTube TV, but this is like a separate AEW show, and I always forget to record it, and then I have to find it through other means to watch it. So, yeah, they're going to have two hours. You know, they're going to have Rampage, and then they're going to go right into this. But, yeah, not a great time slot, and... uh not ideal, definitely not ideal. So yeah, I have this. I have the same thought, and the chat's agreeing. Makes it obvious that, as Taylor said, these guys just really aren't on that world championship level yet. All right, I guess we'll talk FTR because Justin joined is not back. We're gonna keep this train rolling. Justin is checking in the chat now, though. Uh, he says, "I don't think they have a great alternative for the world title match at Double or Nothing." Yeah, we'll see. 
Oh, he's restarting his computer. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that will work. We're going to be talking about the main event, though, here. So the guns defending the titles against FTR, the stipulation going in that if FTR lost, they'd be gone from AEW. Everybody was a little worried about this. I know Justin, we were texting, and he didn't want spoilers. He was watching on delay. He was a little worried, he told me. I was, too. Because I sure as hell did want to see FTR go back to WWE. I like that they have the freedom to work wherever they want right now. The AEW treats the tag division more seriously. And so I was very happy when they won the match. Now, uh, Jesse, what did you think of, of the match itself? It was okay. I, I think some of the cool spots in there were the guns trying to get themselves disqualified. Ref, yeah. Paul, I think it was Paul Turner was wasn't have mm-hmm. any any of it. I thought that part was pretty sweet. The ending was kind of abrupt in how you could have counted to five or six. Yeah, the referee kind of paused, and then he started counting. Like he kind of just stared at him because they had like the double pin thing going on after the sunset flips, and then he just started counting. That was that was a little odd. It was a little awkward, but I agree with you. I did like that that they were trying to get DQ'd. Sometimes we complain here on the pod that stuff would be that would be common sense is never done. That's common sense. Get these guys, you know, well, that's fine. Get the DQ finished. They're gone. You know, they're not winning the titles then. So uh, Justin mentioned the theme. The guns did have a great entrance coming out to 50 cent. Many men. Well, I was shocked when that started and the way the camera swung around them and stuff is they're, you know, wearing their Shawn Michaels inspired gear from WrestleMania 12 here with the silver and the sequins and everything. Great theme. Hopefully they keep it. I thought that was great for their presentation. But yeah, we uh, we get FTR winning the tag, the AEW tag team titles for the second time now. And uh, they're, they've re-signed with the promotion. There was a photo going around that Justin and I talked about earlier where after the show, Dax talked, uh, he held up the sign that said, Vince fears Tony. He gave this promo where he talked about, you know, tone, how much Tony loves professional wrestling. Uh, Dax has been very vocal on Twitter today about why they re-signed and you know it has to do with the fact that he don't have to travel as much and he can see his wife and daughter a whole lot more and you know if i'm a professional wrestler and the money is near the same you know i'd take less a little bit less if i could see my family a lot more so justin says he likes the ass boys now (laughs) jesse your thoughts on any of that i've been wandering and talking The guns are heat magnets. They have done a great job, I feel, from a presentation perspective, and the 50 Cent theme definitely proved it last night. I saw mixed reviews on that, and I was perfectly fine with it. Again, it it drew attention to them and their characters. They lack a little bit still in the ring for my liking, but I believe they're 26 and 24 years old, so I'm going to give them a pass. I think yeah. these guys are going to be very, very good in the next two to three years. So, I mean, this is definitely the the beginning of, of many, maybe not many title reigns, but definitely being a force at the top of the tag team division coming in the near future. 100% agree. Uh, you know, I was negative on, negative on them winning the tag team titles, but I said that I like them as performers and they were on the trajectory of getting there. And now I think... They probably shouldn't have been the tag team champions yet, but they are improving every single week. I thought the theme was great for their presentation, makes them feel more big time. We always talk about how we prefer it when they have real songs for entrance music. It's almost always better. Just go back to ECW, right? So I think this helps their presentation. 
I guess, you know, for the fans, now they've got the cred of having been former champions. So that helps them out as well. Yeah, solid tag team. They're going to be hanging around for quite some time near the upper tier of that tag team division, I think. So uh, Huffman was at WrestleCon Mania Weekend out in California. He says they were pretty busy at WrestleCon. They were right next to the acclaimed. That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, tag team division. Looking stronger again in AEW. You know, for a little while there, it was starting to look weak. Uh, they got some good young teams now. And, uh, you know, the Bucks can always get back in the mix as well. They're not doing the six-man thing anymore, which I like. I thought that kind of hamstrung the promotion to have one of your top teams in, in the six-man mix. Don't think they need the six-man titles, but at least it's given House of Black something to do. Um, oh, no. Here he comes. Justin Joint is uh, going to make Come another on. run. And let's see if this will work. Did the restart work? Here he is. Restream? <laughs> it has not. Don't jinx it. It hasn't gone red yet. Oh, my God. The green We're is still so good. Bad. It's We're still, still good. good. I think you just needed the restart. There oh, my go. God. Fucking technology. Are you kidding me? <laughs> there we go. Completely blame this on Kyle Ross. Fucker. <laughs> 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 I'm already like thinking of, <laughs> and the, you know, the bad part is we were like at our peak audience that we've had for quite some time when all the technology started. And then the number just started ticking down. I'm like trying to beg people, do not go anywhere. We don't usually have these problems. Stay here. I never there's, do. There's do people I? In the, no, you never do. There's people in the chat that I'd never seen in here before. I'm like, all right. I'm already like trying to think of funny ways i can title this episode oh, that leads to all the tech difficulty people are gonna hear i can pro i don't think i can even selectively edit it though because if i do these jokes won't make sense so i think i gotta leave it as is. leave it all in fuck yeah. it hopefully oh, no top rope nation podcast revolt we don't need that <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh and of course just as kyle leaves the damn pod and justin or i are on here every week like guys stay with us it's gonna this the pod's gonna remain yeah. strong Oh man, restream is out for us. They're out for us. Dang. Look at this, Je look at this, Jesse Damn, Velasquez. What a pro! He just uh, jumps on from the. Thank you so room. much, Jesse. Unbelievable. I thankfully said everything was next to me and everybody's sleeping. Wow, got very lucky. Very nice, <laughs> um, Justin. So I was trying to hold off as long as I could to talk about this FTR match because I know you were so worried going into it. Yeah, and you were tuned in. You were listening to us in the chat. But uh, anything you would like to share about your view on the main event, the guns, FTR, their decision to remain, the floor is yours. Now that it is actually working, it's nice to feel completely invested in a match, even if I'm being worked. Mm -hmm. Because I, I know if you read Twitter, the big hubbub. A lot of people are up in arms like, oh, how could you believe anything Dak says on the Internet about them even possibly going to WWE? He's just working everybody. They're not going anywhere. They've been signed for months. And I listen to his podcast. You know, I, I enjoy it. And maybe I'm getting worked. I, I, you know, I certainly got the feeling that at the very least they were sincerely considering WWE and, you know, maybe the money there was enough that they could really, you know, take care of their family for the long term. Uh, and I just don't get the feeling that he would lie about it. But even so, even if he was working me, it worked and it made me enjoy the match 
all that much more because I'm sure you guys have touched on it. I didn't want them going to WWE, especially now with Vince back. I mean, ugh. They'll, they'll, they'll go back to that awful gimmick they were about to, you know, have dropped in their laps right before they asked for their release. Yeah. So that that did that did wonders for me watching this match. All the near falls, I was, you know, holding my breath. I I, I was kind of watching your guys' talk. You know, Ryan was right. I watched it on delay. I asked for no spoilers because I, I was staying off, you know, I, I put my phone across the room because I, I have a tendency just to grab it sometimes and hop on Twitter. Um, so yeah, the, all the near falls were great, especially the one, uh, where I believe it is Colton pulled the ref out of the ring. Mm. That, that one was tremendous. Um, so yeah, I mean, was, was the match perfect? No, but I, I think it was exactly what it needed to be, especially because it got the gun boys over with me between their entrance, which made them feel like a big deal for the first time in their entire AEW careers, especially as tag team champions uh and you know the match itself uh austin's uh facial expressions are tremendous when he when he was telling the ref hey ring the bell you need to disqualify us all of that stuff worked really well on on me um so i guess i guess the lesson is sometimes it's okay to be worked guys it's okay we don't have to be the smartest guys in the room yeah, it makes it more fun. I I don't think you were getting worked. I think they were considering going for sure. They ha- you have to consider that. I'm sure they got some big money offers, but uh, you know, enough more than what they could make here on top of the pro wrestling tees money and working all the promotions. And then to balance that out with the easier travel schedule, I don't know if it was that much more, especially yeah. with the sale coming too. You know, that could factor into how much money they were getting offered too as, you know, we talked about endeavor is cheap mm-hmm. on talent and if, if they were looking at the financial sheets and they're gonna bring in a tag team and pay them that much money you know that could play into how much they were well too we'll never know for sure and the other thing the other rumor i've seen online and this could be play a factor into why we did not see jay white there is that they have a hiring freeze mm. is I've, I've seen some somewhat reliable sources that could know is that they're just not taking anybody on right now yeah, so I had heard with the Jay White thing, at least a few weeks ago, they thought that they had him and people were assuming he was coming in. But then uh, there was a story on Fightful about this. Oh, earlier. yeah. He he saw that fucking mustache and was like, nope, not going there. <laughs> uh, according to Fightful, WWE higher ups said the company, quote, failed to communicate properly along the process. And then AEW kind of came in and, and took him. Um, it could have been the product of Vince McMahon's return, lack of main roster hires since then. There were definitely communications between Jay and, and WWE, but in the end, uh, they didn't get it. Even though creative was reportedly starting to make some plans for Jay White, WWE for his pending arrival. So they were confident enough that creative was told to start coming up with some ideas for him. And uh, but the time was ticking on getting that deal done and they never got it done. And he decides to go AEW. And I'm sure based on what's happened this week, he's sure pretty happy that he made that decision. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Seth Rollins would be mistaken for Jay White and Vince McMahon's eyes. (laughs) Yeah, don't need two of those guys, pal. (laughs) For sure. Uh, Justin, do you have anything on the MJF segment? I don't know if you heard any of us talking about like the four pillars and, and, and all of that and that kind of story going on right now. 
Um, I heard most of what you guys said. I, I, I won't go too long here. Like I said in the chat, I, I don't think there's a lot of great alternatives. And the other thing that this could do, I don't think anybody is thinking for a second that any of those other three could win. I mean, if they end up doing the four-way at double or nothing, MJF is winning. Like, it's a 100% lock guarantee. But the one thing that it could do is it could actually raise those other three guys up a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, granted, they'd end up losing in a main event at a pay-per-view, but, you know, in a perfect world, these guys would have been built up for a few months before you did this. But even then, I, I don't see you putting the title on one of those other <clears throat> quote-unquote pillars in a four-way match. So I think this is just a, a fun thing that, you know, everybody's been talking about. These guys are the four pillars. You know, why not do this story now um, since there really isn't a great alternative for a championship match? Because I don't think you want to do Hangman yet, uh, which is a future MJF title match. I think that's something you want to keep in your back pocket for maybe, you know, a future big pay-per-view that could be coming up. You know, if that match, though, the four-way is on double or nothing, I hope they got some other big plans because that's not a match that's going to get people to buy the show. It's just it doesn't really have any drawing power. I mean, I like all of them. I'll be entertained watching the match. It just does not seem like a pay-per-view match right now. And to the to the chat's point, you know, it kind of really just highlights how those other three just aren't ready for that that kind of spotlight right now. World title match, I don't think. Hard to see the chemistry between the four all at one time. I will say this. If you want to go to sescoops.com archives, I wrote about MJF's top five matches in AEW. Just so happens that three of the five were the singles against mm. Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, and Darby Allen. He has chemistry mm. with all three right. of them. So don't, don't knock the singles matches and the quality of them. It's just a matter of over the next two months, you're going to have to build one of these guys. You're going to have to throw some credible opponents in there and have them show some adversity, overcome it, show that they're worthy to take on MJF. When is double or nothing? How, how many more weeks do they have to build to this thing? Because I, I just don't see how they do this four way before then and then build again to another match. You, I don't think you just you don't treat this match as a throwaway to a pay-per-view. Correct. May 28th. So we got okay. a little less than seven ish. Yeah, it's like seven-ish weeks. Right? That is a seven. long time. That's a long yeah. time. Tim said in the chat, MJF versus Goldberg. You know, Tim, if they could have MJF just squash him or maybe <laughs> get a free kick at Goldberg's head, I'd be fine with it. <laughs> we could do that. You would bring in the Jewish community. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yes, he would. All right. So, yeah, solid, solid edition of Dynamite. Uh, and, of course, we also had the major announcement from Tony Khan that, and there was rumors throughout the day, it might be about a UK show or a tour. Uh, I don't think I could have imagined that they were going to run Wembley Stadium, you guys. I was pretty damn shocked when he when those words came out in that segment. So Wembley Stadium is a gigantic building. Um, just looking at some of the stats here, They've got 100,000 in there for a concert before. They've had 94,000 in there for a boxing match, 86,000 for an NFL football game, uh, for soccer, a.k.a. real football, as our people across the pond would probably tell us. It's about 90,000. 
So I'm sure they're going to close off an entire end of the arena or the stadium for sure. And probably part of the sides as well, kind of moving forward. They're not going to open up the whole, they're not going to sell 90,000 tickets for the show. It's just not going to happen. But they are, I would bet anything, going to sell a lot more tickets than they could put people in an arena for. You know, as long as they get over 20,000 people, they're going to be happy because it's more tickets than they could sell for any arena. So I would not at all be shocked if they got 40,000 people in there, maybe more. I don't know what you guys think, but I mean, they're always starved for these American companies over there. WWE always does big business there. Uh, apparently, AEW does better TV ratings than WWE in the UK. I'm talking about that with Rick Skelton in the group over there today. He says it's kind of hard to get official numbers on that, but that's that's always touted by AEW, that they're the number one wrestling promotion on TV over there. So they got a following. They're going to do travel and business. There's no doubt people are going to come in from mainland Europe as well. It'll be really interesting to see how many tickets they sell like that first week, you know, with nothing really, no matches announced at that point in time. And then, you know, how once they start building that show throughout the summer, how the tickets keep moving. But it does feel like once you get down to that last month before the show, they're going to need a pretty damn marquee match to put it over the top. So what are your thoughts on Wembley Stadium, Justin Joint? I mean, I got to assume your guys' first thought was the same of my, the same as mine when I first heard this. And oddly enough, I, I had been uh, uh, messaging uh, Liam O'Rourke complaint, complaining about uh, Tottenham Hotspurs like literally the day oh, before really? yeah before <laughs> the day before this was announced so the yeah. conversation led directly into this which he said he's going to be there you know i think everybody else in our facebook group who who lives over there they're going to be there um yeah. and liam had the same thought that i did and that's this feels like confirmation that punk is coming back i don't know why you do this at wembley if you don't have a big match in mind and it doesn't get any bigger than either probably punk versus Omega or like punk and FTR versus the elite. So it was, was that kind of what you guys were thinking is that punk's got to be coming back? Yeah. You know, that was my thought. And it's also kind of awkward though, because they're gonna have two shows a week apart. They're going to have to have huge matches at both of them because all out still happening in Chicago well, and that's, that's kind of like their WrestleMania. Yeah, that's why I think you do the six man at Wembley. Like yeah. this is the first encounter of Punk and FTR versus the Elite, and then at All Out you get the singles match. Yeah, Punk and Omega. Yeah, that that makes sense. They could do it that way. I think. Jesse, your thoughts? Wembley, forty to fifty thousand, because you already alluded to all the numbers and the television ratings over there in people traveling from different countries. Of course, in Europe, I've actually seen a handful of people on my timeline in America that said they're going to be traveling to this, which is mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're dedicated, you're dedicated mm-hmm. fan base if you're traveling that far. Well, I think that week, yeah. How do you supercard it twice? Because you're going to be giving 50,000, well, we'll say 40,000 people a big stadium show. Then you're going to turn around and go to All Out here, which will be the usual raucous Chicago crowd, anywhere from 10 to 
17,000, depending on where they have it. And because Forbidden Door is in Toronto, maybe they're going to move it back to the United Center so they can get more people there, too. That's that's supposedly what they're looking at right now is booking the United Center. So they're going to they're going to do Wembley Stadium and then they're going to have the largest arena in the United States a week later. So it's uh, it's ambitious for sure. I mean, it is. Yeah, that's I, I, I love the balls on Tony for doing this. I'm just saying, I, I think it's pretty ballsy of him to do this. And I, I have confidence that he would not have uh, booked it at Wembley unless he had, you know, the matches in mind that would sell this thing. Like, yeah. just right off the top of my head, I'm, you know, obviously I said Punk FTR versus the Elite. Um, I don't know what you do with MJF. Maybe that's where you do a hangman. Uh, then you maybe just work in some dream matches like Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. You would have to assume that Osprey would be on the card. Mm-hmm. I don't know when the contract's going to be expired, but Drew McIntyre could maybe show up. That would be a good one. And the other uh, interesting rumor I, I've heard is maybe you have Sting Sting's retirement match there. Because, yeah. I mean, I don't think you need Sting at all out to sell that card. You know, that that's going to sell out almost no matter what, mm-hmm. just based on all the previous tall outs. Yeah, there's no question. United Center, it'll sell out pretty much right away, especially if Punk's back in the fold, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I, I, I hope he's on the way back. I know all the stuff that we've talked about on the show with the Instagram post and everything, but is it really that serious? I mean, can we really not just get all these people in the room and do business. That's what I've said all along. And it feels like Tony must have an inkling that that is possible at least. Otherwise, yeah, why would you book this big building and just run an arena over there and people would have been just as hyped for it. Yeah. You know, just just do the O2. Yeah, and that's a huge building too. So, I mean, I mean, know, it's not Wembley Stadium, but it, they could have got a lot of people in there. Just I I guess my last little thought and I'll let you guys take over here for for Wembley. Uh, Joey Janela tweeted the most interesting question as to this Wembley show. And that is which AEW wrestler is going to smoke crack all night before Wembley to keep the tradition alive. <laughs> yeah. Hawk, right? Is that the Hawk no, story? That was Davey. It's got to be the oh, challenger yeah, oh, yeah, for the TNT too. championship, whoever that's well, going to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Davey was, yes. Davey was supposedly doing it all summer long. <laughs> he was on like a two-month bender or something. But yeah, Brett Hawk was, wasn't that story Hawk was drunk or something? Yeah, I think. But then we Hawk, went back and watched Hawk it. Had, he really Hawk had a little like bit it. of everything in him, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, I think, yeah, I got to think, it'll look visually... You don't want it to look empty, but if you get if you you know only use half of the year of the stadium or like two thirds of the stadium, you get that pretty full. It's still going to look impressive. I mean, I think the number for me, let me let me give you this forty thousand over under. I think I would go over. Like I'm thinking, fifty would be a huge success. Oh yeah, yeah. What I think, think they can do fifty. I'll go over. I'll, I'll go right in the middle, 45. 45. And that's a huge win. That's like two arena shows together. Mm-hmm. Some are, you know, three maybe. So, yeah, because they've gotten, 
you can get 20 over 20 in the UC United Center for basketball. But I know when they ran it based on their setup, I think it was like 15, 16,000, wasn't it? So, I mean, you're talking about three United Center crowds there for that. I mean, that's a huge win. You don't have to sell out the place. The seats are there if you can do it. I mean, my God, if you can get 80, 90,000 people in there, please do. But I think they'll be thrilled to get 40, 50,000. Yeah. So. Pack won't have visa issues. He'll be right there for you. Oh, I forgot about Pack. We haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, yeah that's true. He's a wild card in Tony Constable because I I know I I'm still convinced that he was either going to be the fifth or the sixth AEW World Champion before all these visa issues happened. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, he well, just had the tie-ins. Be, I I would like that as an MJF opponent. That'd be interesting. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I could see that, that would be nice. I think you could see Mercedes Vernado pop onto this card as well, because there will be a if she doesn't show up at Forbidden Door, which I'm thinking that'll be a Toronto matchup as well. But you could rematch it with Hater at Wembley and have Hater get the win in front of her hometown people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, like this fantasy booking. Yeah. T- Tony's got a lot of tools to play with here. Damn it. First, I'm talking about his balls. Now I'm talking about his tools he can play with. Uh but I'm like, you know, there's obvious there's a lot of guys that he can bring over from New Japan. I've already mentioned Osprey and Zack Sabre Jr. I think you could that mean who wouldn't you want to see Okada face off against in, in an AEW roster? Uh, but also all the ROH guys like do you wait and pull the trigger on an Eddie Kingston over Claudio win for this show? Just do everything possible to pack in as many people into this show. Yeah. Adam in the chat said, uh, if this stadium show is successful, will that give AEW the ability to do them here in the U.S., or does WWE have a monopoly on them here? No, they can absolutely do them here. I mean, they've done Arthur Ashe, so technically they have had you know, a smaller stadium, tennis stadium, but they've done one. Um, I think for sure they could run, like, uh, for example, and this would be look awesome, especially if Punk's back in the fold. They could do Wrigley Field and sell that place out. For sure. I mean, for that, they'd have 40,000 people. And that would look awesome on TV in that neighborhood. So they could they could run stadium shows here in, in some markets. And I think it's probably going to happen eventually if this promotion keeps growing. But yeah, no, WWE doesn't have a monopoly. I think AEW could do it in select markets. They couldn't do it in as many places as WWE and sell them out. But I do think for certain certain markets, for certain matches, they could definitely do it uh you agree jesse i do and also to the new japan point i believe the g1 ends i think 10 days prior to that Mm. it's usually last year it ended on the 18th of august so hopefully Mm -hmm. it ends right around that time to a lesser extent as well just for the uk crowd if you want to throw kip sabian on the buy-in he's also an english performer that works with aew so you definitely have some hometown people that could just bring a few extra seats if needed. But yeah, I think the, the the Ring of Honor point also, you could truly make this a super card. And then when you come back for All Out, make it AEW exclusive. Maybe throw one new Japan performer on there if they're not burnt out from the G1. But it's a good way to go. Yeah. I mean, that's what the original All In was. You know, it, it was not one single promotion. It was... Uh, you know, a smorgasbord of everybody from everywhere. So I, I yeah, I, I think we're going to see uh, quite the variety of professional wrestlers at these, this event. Yeah. 
a stadium show with multiple promotions in it. Kind of reminds me of something that took place in April of 1986. Oh, where's that bitch? (laughs) I looked at that card earlier today again. Just to freshen up on it, just in case, Jesse. The poll will be going up soon. Don't you worry. It's 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 gonna, it's gonna be in the list. So here here's a question: How the hell are we gonna watch this show from Wembley Stadium? Nobody knows. And I think the you know the fact that they didn't tell you, I think, is a hint as to a good chance of how it's going to air. So if it was going to be a pay per view, I think they would have said it right away. They did for Forbidden Door. Um, the poster does not say pay per view on it. They did not mention pay per view on it. So basically, the options here now. Tony kept talking about the 100 year anniversary of Warner Brothers and that there was going to be there's clearly some tie in there and mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a celebration of the 100 years of, of Warner Brothers. Why would he say that? You know, well, you could either run a TV special on TBS or TNT. You know, if this airs live on pay-per-view, it's not super optimal to have it on, you know, earlier in the day here in the U.S., but you could do it on TBS or TNT or. Or it could run on a streaming service and drive people to that service. And there's been a lot about the possibility of the AEW library perhaps getting on HBO Max in the past. We know that there's going to be a union of HBO Max and Discovery Plus at some point in time. And there's a lot of rumors out there about this that it could just be called Max. Uh, it could be WB plus maybe there's going to be two different services. Nobody really knows for sure. Although Warner is having a press conference next week about their streaming plans. So we should know in a week from now, a little bit more about this. I think it's going to air on that streaming service personally. And then that's why they hadn't, if I'm betting, if I'm a betting man, that's my money right now is it's going to be on those streaming services. It could be a big deal to put it on TV, but it's also going to be a really long event to have it on TNT or TBS. Uh, And so I think the streaming, sir, I think it's probably going to stream somewhere uh, on one of those membership services. Uh, What do you guys think? I read a couple articles today because I I saw you mention this in the group chat and I hadn't heard anything about this Warner Brothers streaming service. So I looked into it and from the two articles I read is that it's the plan is for it to be a free service, a free streaming service, and that they're still going to have HBO max that you would pay for. And I just, I can't imagine. I mean, yeah, this show could maybe drive some people to this service, but man, it seems like that's, you'd be leaving a lot of money on the table by not having it as a pay-per-view. I think, yeah, that, that's one of the rumors out there is like some form of free ad supported service. Yeah. Um, that could be for like the lower levels of their catalog. Nobody really knows structurally what it's going to look like. But the, the big thing has been that the Max and the Discovery Plus service are going to merge. So we'll see. But yeah, someone had posted there was this WB Plus logo that leaked that had been registered. And that's out there now if you look that up. So there could be this WB Plus service. Is that going to be Max now instead? Is it going to be a separate? I mean, nobody really knows for sure until they have this press conference. But if it's not pay-per-view, I agree with you. You want to get money out of it. So it's you want it to be on a streaming service that costs money (laughs) for sure. Uh, Jesse, your thoughts on this? I'm very curious how this is going to go. I know I'm a, my assumption is that it's going to probably be on Fight TV over in the UK. Mm-hmm. 
I would think, because I don't know, is, is would this Warner Brothers merger with HBO Max, would that be a global thing or just a exclusive to the United States or North America type deal? It's, it's supposed to launch next year. And I know for sure in Australia, I saw an article about this, that the new Max service was like launching 2024 in Australia. And I imagine it's going to vary on each country, but I don't think it's, it's not going to be global yet. So I could see fight being the international thing, just like it is now for AEW pay-per-views and them using a new streaming service over here. Yeah, their their prices over there are relatively inexpensive as opposed to ours because to ask the consumer to pay 100 bucks over the course of two weekends is yeah. not the most ideal thing in the world. So you, you would hope for, like you said, a Warner Brothers, HBO Max kind of merger where you could pop it up to, is that about $13.99 a month? Is that what it be? I mean, if you want to do that and then maybe add on an extra, I don't know, five, 10 bucks or something like that for this. I don't, I really don't know the, log- the logistics of it all. Yeah, would, I mean, it's like with UFC, like they're on the ESPN service. You have to have the membership for that and then also buy the UFC pay-per-view. They could ugh. do something like that where it would be like cheaper, though, not your $50 pay-per-view. Like you said, like a $5 thing or just make it free and then get a bunch of people to sign up for the service, too. Can't imagine watching fighting that isn't predetermined. <laughs> UFC, yeah. <laughs> um, that's really, that, really that's interesting, a, though. Because, yeah, the $100 over... A week is just that. no. That's just too much to ask. Go I ahead, mean, Dustin. if it is going to be, if they are both going to be pay per view or a form of pay per view, they're they're going to bundle it somehow. Like if we normally pay what like fifty bucks for an AW pay per view, they're going to do something like get both of them for seventy five or you know something along that lines. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it already had slipped my mind that all outs a week after, so that makes even more sense to put it on your free streaming service. Yeah, it's too much to ask. And again, like if it was just going to be a pay-per-view, they would have said pay-per-view. There's, There's got to be, I mean, maybe eventually they can't get it to work out with whatever they're planning right now and it is on pay-per-view. But as of right now, if that was a plan, they would have said it. It'd be on the poster and it's not. And they haven't, they haven't made any announcement yet. So there's something in the works. And I think we'll know more after this Warner press conference about their streaming plans next week. So probably next week on the pod, we will be able to talk about it because I think that will have already, ha- I feel like it's earlier in the week when Warner is doing their streaming press conference. Let me Google it quick. I think there's a really good timing as well for this all in to be in Europe on August 27th. Cause I don't know about you in the state that is below where I am, but that weekend normally of the 26th, 27th, the weekend before Labor Day is a big travel day because everyone's or for travel weekends, people are trying to get their last ditch vacation efforts before school starts for the children. Mm. Yeah, we're usually already back to school at that point, unfortunately. We start real early here, which is why, you know, I put on Twitter, I'd love to go to the show. I I can't afford to go, but <laughs> also just time off from work wouldn't would not work out for me i would love to though but yeah it is usually a really busy weekend you're right on that uh that's the streaming press conference is next wednesday the 12th so when we record next week hopefully we'll have some information and maybe be able to play into what's going to be happening for the wembley stadium all-in show from AEW. so justin do you have something nope all right so boy we hit on that we somehow got through dynamite we talked WWE, the chaos. I, 
you guys heard the reports too. I mean, I, I don't think I said this when we were talking about the chaos in the locker room over there, but apparently if Vince is back full time, there's some top level stars that are going to be looking to get their release. So there's going to be some things to talk about here in the coming months. Did you guys see the video and or the rumor of uh, when Seth Rollins was out there in the ring during the commercial break and people came down and like basically it looked like they told him it's like, oh, we're completely changing this. And that, yeah. that was the end of his segment. I mean, that is <laughs> that's just a bad look. I don't think he'll ever leave, though. Unless no, he has oh, God, to. no. He God is such no. a company man. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of other people there that would, I think, <laughs> you know, especially if this thing keeps going downhill work morale means a lot you know money can't buy happiness and if people are super unhappy with that weird looking man back in the gorilla position they're gonna get out of dodge what's gonna be left of their women's division because charlotte's taking a break too bailey tweeted that well it's time to say goodbye i'm guessing it was damage control she was nowhere to be found on monday night raw so you have Bianca, you have Rhea, and everybody else, much like we have we've seen over the last six months or so. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of civil unrest going on there. Yeah, I gotta assume the NXT women's division is gonna get pillaged and mm-hmm. taken to the main roster. Bailey and AEW would be quite interesting. I'd love to see that. So Plenty to talk about in in the months ahead to fill up these agendas and hopefully Restream doesn't give us any more problems like tonight. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Just when I want to purchase it, how could you Restream? (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. Come on. What's going on here? Um, I think that that was pretty much everything I wanted to hit. I'm still feeling a little scatterbrained, but I'm looking at my notes here and uh, I think we hit everything. But yeah, definitely, definitely some backstage turmoil in WWE. Uh, we know that they're going to try to counter-program this show in some fashion. I'm sure they'll do something that weekend to try to draw eyeballs away from the Wembley Stadium show for AEW. This is just, you know, it's how they operate. There's going to be something going on. It's a few weeks after SummerSlam, if you're wondering. SummerSlam's in early August again this year in Detroit. So it's a few weeks after that show. But I'm sure they'll come up with something to try to get your attention. But I I don't know. I don't care what they present. It's going to be Wembley Stadium for me. I'm really looking forward to what should be a spectacle. And we're going to have a lot of, as Justin said, a lot of our listeners are going to be there. I know about 20% of the Top Rope Nation downloads come from the UK these days. we got a lot of those guys in our Facebook group. And so if you're not in the group, join, by the way, Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. But I'm sure we'll get a lot of a lot of eyewitness accounts after the show to share what it was like. We'll have to have some of those people on the pod. So anyways, that's about it for this episode of Top Rope Nation, you guys. Thanks for hanging with us. Hopefully uh, it was a pleasant listening experience because I'm leaving it as is when this hits the <laughs> audio feed. You got to hear it as it unfolded. You got to hear Jesse Velasquez make that hot tag and come in for the sweet offensive maneuvers. You got to hear Justin Joint countering back and forth, coming back in when it worked out for him. Hey, not not all professional wrestling matches are streamlined and perfect. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you need the chaos and the mistakes to make it really feel like you're in there. It's a great injury angle just to pour some more wine, right, Justin? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Well, we hit our crescendo. We hit the peak in the match, and it turned out pretty good. So thank you, Jesse, for tagging in. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Jesse. Glad I could help out. Ryan was doing a marvelous job as a solo, though, and getting sure? so much. I, it felt bad. <laughs> all the insight that you were getting from the chat, I almost felt like I should have just let you roll with it. <laughs> I didn't know if Justin was coming back, and I didn't want to leave you high and dry. <laughs> I might have seemed like I was handling it well, but on the inside, I was a little panicked. Like, oh, I don't know how long I can go on like this solo. We'll see. But most of my notes were like questions to throw to Justin and play off of him. So I was like, oh, boy, can I talk to myself this long? I am very glad you were in the chat, Jesse. Worked out good. Second time on the pod this week. You love to see it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. It's been episode 293 of Top Rope Nation. This is the fourth podcast we've done in the last week. You're not going to hear from us again for seven days. I hope you can handle that. We need a little break, but we will be back next Thursday night. I promise smooth sailing on Restream that time. So for Justin Joint and for Jesse Velasquez, I'm Ryan Drosty. If you need a podcast before then, check out the Unplugged Wrestling Podcast Yeah, with Mr. Jesse Velasquez. Does a great job. Michael Jenkinson will be on Monday night with me, which should probably come out Wednesday because it's a mega episode going over WrestleMania 14. Oh, yeah. Mm, And the Monday Night Raw afterwards, because there was a lot also that went down. 1998 has been a very fun year that I've been going through slowly but surely. Boy, they could have told a great story if they just would have had Austin lose that (laughs) night. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no kidding. And then uh, got his ass kicked on Raw the next night, too. (laughs) Justin nailed it right away. He's like, Hogan, Austin, talking about baby faces that succeeded right away in their first title. Yeah, first title (laughs) shot. Yeah. Are you going to bring back the bad Twitter take segment next week, too? I was missing that this week, Jesse. I will. I've, I've got a handful of screenshots ready and raring to go. It's, it's, it's been a lovely week in terms of actually, what am I saying? This has been a great year in 2023 to introduce a segment of just some of the worst takes that you've ever seen <laughs> on social media. If you guys haven't heard the pod, you got to listen to his pod. Yeah, he does this segment of bad Twitter takes and uh it's always really really funny the way you respond to them (laughs) so check it out you guys all right we're gonna take this home so again for jesse and justin i am ryan drosty we'll see you next week for the next edition of top rope nation have a great weekend take care everybody peace peace